What the heck is up, everybody? This is Untitled. We are back. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023, and we got a good one for you today, everybody. It is bowl season, so you know what that means. That means it's time to predict every single bowl game out there. We're not going to go into heavy detail on every single one, but we are going to go through every one. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but we're here for you over at the Untitled Podcast. A lot happened over this week, and believe it or not, we have a couple weeks off after this because just like you deserve, I deserve a little bit of a holiday shutdown. So sorry, I got to take care of myself every once in a while. So we won't have a, a podcast here for the next couple weeks, but dial into this episode because we got a lot of content to go over today, folks. In order to help make sure I get everything out of this podcast, I have the magnificent, the wonderful the knowledgeable Reese hollering on with me today to go through everything. Welcome to the show, Reese. Thanks, Travi. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. This is a recurring guest moment, and this is not only a recurring guest moment, this is also a recurring segment. Two years in a row, we had Reese on doing the same thing last year. I'm excited. Love bowl season. It's a good time. We're going to get a whole lot of it today, too. A lot of other topics happened over the past week, off the field and off the court. What ha- you know what happened this week, Reese? The snack wrap teased us. It basically said, okay, we're coming back, but it's not till fucking 2025. It's the most, bit, it's the most massive tease, I think, in the history of teases. Yeah, I'm sure it's tough for McDonald's to get their hands on those products. Yeah, I don't get it. I did see the McRib was back because I am a loyal McDonald's boy. I like, but, uh, <laughs> I like me some McDee's too. That's right. McRib's back, so you wonder why they can't just come out with the snack wrap. It, does it really take a whole year to try to go through the development of reinitiating that product? It'll be worth it when it's all here. It will be. And that just means I got to go a couple more times per week and get the high cholesterol my dad's going to you know, give me in the genetics soon enough. So, yeah. Sorry, that's that's a bit of a downer, isn't it? I didn't mean to do that. But uh, speaking of teases, there's another big thing that happened, Reese, and that starts with uh, Dua Lipa handing out a fake phone number for all of the community on Twitter to be able to tweet. And I don't know about you, but I did give it a dial, Reese. Just tested <laughs> the waters a little bit. Did you get through to her? I did not. I actually got somebody uh, over in India trying to sell me something. So <laughs> Never would have guessed on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it happens. You win some, you lose some. But overall, at least gotta, I tried. Yeah, gotta shoot. <laughs> Shooters shoot. That is right on. But, uh, yeah, Dua Lipa, she has had a pretty big month. I was just talking about her last podcast, and I kind of put her up as a potential dog of the month candidate. And I'm going to tell you what, Reese, we've never had even a nomination for dog of the month before. So (laughs) we have a little bit more approvals we have to go to to be able to get do a leap of that because we that's a big that's a big thing in ours we just don't give dog of the weeks to anybody and hell we don't give dog of the months to almost anybody but do a leap is making a little bit of noise in that category i tell you what man she's got my vote every week yeah 
I mean, except for dating Jack Harlow, she hadn't done too much bad in the last year. So I could not agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> but Dua Lipa, teasing as well. McDonald's and Dua Lipa, they do have a couple things in common. Yes, it is teasing the, the community out here. So it's, had, it's, it's given me a couple bad nights of sleep, Reese. All right. How about we talk some football already? I, I'm ready for it. Last night was Monday night football, and we saw a terrific matchup between the Giants and the Packers. So listen, I, I don't want to just rustle through the fact the Packers lost by going into these other topics I specifically wanted to talk about today, but I am going to admit it. Hey, you know, we're a young team. These losses happen. However, the main things I wanted to talk about that game happened in the crowd. We got that family of the DeVitos. And at first I saw the agent, you know, I, I actually posted him on my Instagram story because he, he looked as Italian as you could ever look. He had uh, the, you know, the black pin strips, the hat, and he just resembled everything you'd think that would be on Goodfellas or the Sopranos. Now, at first I was thinking, you know, this guy's just a fucking poser. There's no way he's that Italian. Nobody's that Italian. Not even fucking Tony Soprano was that Italian. So, I mean, I, I didn't want to believe it, but I did a little bit of digging myself, Reese, and I found out that he's no poser. That dude is in the Hall of Fame for Italian agents or some shit like that. And you look at other photos, I mean, I think I dug as deep down as like his high school photos. That dude was wearing bowling shirts. Yeah. <laughs> bowling shirts and fucking chains. That is Italian. This guy is for real. That's just good style. Yeah, it is. I copy him a little bit, but uh, he did it well before I got into the trend. So congratulations to Sean Stellato. He's, he's just a, a hero among the Italians. So, Proud of him for that. You get? Did you see that at all, Reese? What was that? Did you see? Did you see the pictures and videos of him throughout the night last night? Oh yeah, I did. At first, I was kind of the same way too. It's like nobody seriously dresses that way. <laughs> Dark pinstrip suit. Come on, man. <laughs> he knows he's going to be on national TV. Yeah, and he he had the phone phone and everything like he's calling up one of his guys come on but uh i did the research and he is for real and the other thing i was you know when you're the pack when you're a packer fan watching the giants just continuously score this whole thing where they put their hands up every time they you know they score a touchdown or a big play happens uh, you know the the italian stereotype you start thinking you know, now now they're just overdoing it because I'm just butt hurt that we're losing to the fucking Giants. But, uh, <laughs> to the Giants. I took I I got a good night's sleep. I woke up in the morning, dug a little deeper into Sean Stellato, and I just realized that the Devitos they're they're for real. So there's there's no reason that we should be digging any deeper than these guys just are embracing their heritage. So congratulations to the Giants. Congratulations to the Devitos. They did it. And I will say one more thing about that game last night, Reese, and that is that it would have been in bad taste for the Packers to win that game. If you did your research, you would have known that uh, there was the Roman Catholic holiday last week, 
and it was Feast of the Immaculate Conception. That was over on December 8th. That would have been inappropriate and actually very disgusting towards the Italian-American fans over that are Green Bay Packer fans for us to win that game in general. So, you know, we... we, Very, very classy move out of Green Bay. I don't want to say we're heroes, but uh, we are heroes. Classy organization. Exactly. I mean, I I don't think any other organization would bend over backwards for our fans like the Green Bay Packers do. All right, I got one more note about the game, and then I'll shut up about the Green Bay Packer game. But uh, Jalen Hyatt, do you remember that guy, Reese? Remember the name. Yep, Jalen Hyatt. Last year he was on the Tennessee Volunteers, star-studded wide receiver, part of a really fun group for that volunteer team last year. He is a rookie on the New, uh, New York Giants this year. And after the game, there were some kids that were uh, screwing around on their phones, and they called over Jalen Hyatt, and they gave him a zin. Now, I'm not saying that – actually, I'm just going to say it. Bad role model move. Jalen Hyatt is not a good role model for the kids after doing that. You disagree? I don't know. He's he's kind of a kid himself too, right? (laughs) That is true. They're calling him uh, Jason Hyatt. Jason Hyatt. Jason Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say it. I mean, I can't be all lovey-dovey towards the Giants after playing a pretty spectacular game versus my Packers. I gotta fight my battles too. So that, that's fair. <laughs> all right, we got the NFC playoff picture taking full boom, and we have. This lined up with a bunch of six and seven teams right now, Reese. We do have the Vikings sitting in the sixth spot at seven and six. Good for them. And then Probably we got. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was saying that about the Packers after we beat the Chiefs, though. So, uh, <laughs> hey, don't get your hopes up too high. At the seven spot, we have the Packers at six and seven. And then we have all of the below at six and seven, too. Rams, Seahawks, Saints, Falcons, and Buccaneers are six and seven, leading the NFC South. That is a gauntlet. Who gets out of there, Reese? <laughs> uh, Vikings for sure. Other than that, I don't think it matters. I am a little iffy on the fact that we got Nick Mullins starting this week. I saw that. You would rather that have was... Dobby? Uh, or Jaron Hall. I don't understand what... why he's not playing, but... Yeah. I thought he looked good in the couple of drives he had against the Falcons before he got concussed, but Yeah, I was wondering that as well. I mean I I keep questioning why Jaron Hall doesn't play a little bit because he's back from what I understand. He's gotta be. That was four or five weeks ago. Yeah. You have no do you have any other prediction? Because one other uh, team the Rams do- have looked good. Yeah, they have. They played a very good game versus the Ravens. But I mean, the Packers haven't looked awful, yeah. as much as I hate to say it. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Packers have as good of a chance as anybody. We're technically, due to all the tiebreakers in our record in the conference, we are in the playoff picture right now. So I was a little confused going into last night because I, I was thinking, worst-case scenario, the Falcons have the tiebreaker over us. But because there's like a, 
a group of fucking five teams out of with the same record, there's just all these weird tiebreaker things, which happens to be in the Packers' favor at this point in time. <laughs> so, yeah, who's going to take the South? We got the Buccaneers, oh. we got the Saints, and we got the Falcons all knotted up, and Buccaneers have the tiebreaker over each, so... Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I do not think the Saints. I don't want the Saints in. I I do not. They're just want to not see. fun to watch. If I had to pick, I'd take the Falcons. I think. Yeah. Just for just to watch. Yeah, they are a relatively fun team. However, I am getting a little tired of how uh, Coach Smith. I think it's Arthur Smith coaches. Yep, Arthur. I mean, he has Bijan, and I know I'm biased, but why do why don't you play your best players? I don't know. He's a st- he's a stud. Yeah, it's one of those things where maybe he was looking into how the Vikings had Dobbs go on that miraculous run because he was a player that nobody could actually scout going into his matchup. So I think that if he just switches his players around so much, they won't know who to scout. So they have no notes going into every game. It's not a bad tactic, I guess. Yeah, not the best tactic. You think you want to <laughs> lean with your right foot forward, but... Yeah, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's working for him. Yeah, six and seven, hey. Um, uh, just a game behind. Sorry, I'm drinking on IPA right now. I had to let one go. But uh, hey, he's, he's, he's in fighting distance of playoffs, whether it's a wild card or whether it's the actual division title. I think everybody in the NFC knows they're facing, they're just trying to make the playoffs. They're not trying to win the conference because I think everybody in the NFC knows there's one of three teams that are doing it and everybody else is just a side piece. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any of it really matters because the Niners look so good, but. Mm, I was, we're going to get into this because I got a certain topic about the Cowboys today. And maybe, uh, maybe I'm going to skip right into it. But uh, the Cowboys did roll the Eagles, who are the defending NFC champions from last year. And the Eagles have been slowing their roll a little bit, losing a couple games. But the Cowboys are leading the NFC East right now. How are you feeling? I don't know. I just – I don't think anybody touches the Niners. Hmm. Cow- they're playing their best. But can I – I'll ask this. Dak is having an MVP-type season. Do you think he yes. might grab it this year? I would agree. I think he deserves it more than Brock Purdy. Mm, what about Tyreek Hill? Not a chance. They no. won't give it to anybody but a quarterback. Yeah, that's the unfortunate truth. But in a, a year like this where there's a lot of open ends and nobody's really killing the game like we see most years, I mean, it could be a year that a wide receiver takes it. But I saw a tweet today, and I know that not all people that tweet are factually accurate, but they're showing a couple clips. You know, they were showing a couple clips of how – the Dolphins looked before they were strategically trying to get Tyreek Hill to 2K. So, I mean, maybe he's maybe them trying to force it down Tyreek's throat is not only getting him more injury prone, but maybe also negatively affecting what we thought was an amazing offense, an unstoppable offense, some might say. They are fun to watch. They're fast. Yeah, they are fun. And I, you know, we're going to be seeing them in the playoffs. I, uh, you know, some people say that 
due to their wins and who they've lost to. They haven't really beaten anybody. Now, I think uh, that I think that uh, that might catch up to them, but that doesn't mean they might not sneak one in in the playoffs, make it to the championship. So, I would uh, tend to agree, but who do you want to see in the? They who get do their you, shot. Yeah, who do you want to see in the Super Bowl? Uh, Vikings, <laughs> but realistically, uh, the Niners probably, and the Chiefs, I think. Hmm? Or the Ravens. I would like to see Niners-Ravens, too. That would be a good physical game. Yeah, I kind of want to see the Cowboys and the Dolphins. It's not really? going to happen. It's not going to happen, but how much fun would that be? That over's hitting. That's true. That's true. I like watching the Niners' defense, though. Yeah, and they they'll probably get through just because of how talented and how good they are defensively. So, also Brock Purdy's doing enough. Yeah, and the Cowboys losing Diggs early hurt really bad. I think. Yeah, but all right, I do have one other big thing that happened in the NFL this past week. I think I know where you're headed. The Chiefs. Yeah. I am talking about the Chiefs. The lateral heard across the world, Reese. We had Mahomes over to Kelsey, lateral over to uh, uh, Tony. Yeah, he was offsides. Yeah, yeah, Tony, the guy who had a head start to where he needed to be. <laughs> and then he ran it in. And, of course, you know, the Chiefs have an uproar in their fan base because of what happened. But more than anything, what we saw was two folks that almost never argue about what goes on with the rest. That is Mahomes and Andy Reid. Now, how did you think about what happened after that play with, uh, some might say, Mahomes' overreaction and also his handshake with Josh Allen? Yeah, I kind of thought it was a bit much, but I, it was probably just emotion in the in the moment. And it's a, always a big game when they play the Bills, so. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of love lost in that rivalry. I did yeah. say I will say first of all that was one hundred percent offsides, and so they're going to call that flag. Now the second For thing sure. is they're you know I don't think they're necessarily arguing that he was offsides, but the one thing they were mad about is last <clears throat> week they had a pretty upsetting thing that happened with the Packers, and I've claimed it on the podcast that that was a defensive pass interference. But I've also said Chiefs fans shut up because the unnecessary roughness was shit too so there's bad calls both yeah. ways. it wasn't that you guys were getting fucked but everybody remembers and wants to talk about the dpi now in their head they're thinking all right we're going to be nice to the refs and we're going to get one back right so when something bad happens maybe we get the next big call well unfortunately they didn't get a great call with it they got the right call but what are you going to do how was the ref supposed to know when he threw the rightfully correct flag that there was going to be a crazy play, uh, a historic play, one that would have ended up in the SC top 10 for multiple weeks if it would have went through. Yeah, it's definitely a tough spot, but I guess I didn't see much on how he lined up with the official on the line, you know, on the line of scrimmage. I didn't see much from that, but I did see a video on Twitter that looked like he pointed over, but it looked like he looked away right away. So. Yeah. He didn't. I saw that too, and he didn't even look at it. Like if they did I think that's say just something, thing. they just get comfortable doing that. They walk out, think they're on the line, point over, and just kind of look away. But 
Yeah, there, there's a couple wide receivers throughout the NFL that uh, get pretty lackadaisical when it comes to this. And, you know, it's a reminder that maybe you need to check yourself just a little bit. And I have the same problem with that Chiefs right tackle who always, uh-huh. who always has a false start. And they never call it because it's just a little bit before they'd snap the ball. But he always gets an unrightful head start, whereas if the defense did it, that's going up right away. Every fucking I've play. People, I've seen people saying that Lane Johnson from the Eagles does that as well. I haven't seen that one, but it, it I, maybe it's because the Chiefs are in almost every single primetime game. Even when they're not primetime, they're America's Game of the Week on CBS or Fox. So, 3 o'clock. But that, that irks me a little bit. I mean, I'm not trying to sound old-fashioned or uh, a fucking, you know... I don't know. Call me what you want, but that's what I think. It's it's stupid, and you should get called on that because it's technically it gives you a little bit of an unfair advantage. So, oh. yeah, I think you should get called on it too. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say was the handshake. In my mind, that was the fucking weirdest thing to do. I've never seen somebody go over to the opposing quarterback when they quickly shake hands and literally bitch about a play call to them. That was fucking weird. That is weird, especially out of a competitor like Mahomes. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was weird. I don't understand but. their full relationship, but that's not really something people do. And I know that there's a little bit of a brotherhood among certain positions and competitors, and maybe they do text every once in a while. But I guarantee that Josh Allen's hard work on the field all day, the last thing he probably wanted to hear was, oh, yeah, that play call really ruined the game. Fucking <laughs> just, bad play yeah. call. Just discrediting his win, trying to discredit his win. Yeah, that was a weird move, and I don't want to. I don't want to be old fashioned when I say this because you know people get emotional, and I understand that aspect of it. I just think it's weird, and I, I'm going to call you know call a spade a spade. Yeah, I cry about it later. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not trying to be mean to Chiefs fans. You know, I, I'm not trying to be mean to them. I've even had some Chiefs fans on this year, but. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, I'm not out here crying about play calls every week, uh, but it seems like they do. And it just seems hypocritical because they traditionally get the calls. So They had that play last year in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I know, exactly. It was, yeah, that was another play where they let it go on too. So, I mean, yeah. All right, anything else you had about uh, – I think that's my last big point on the NFL for today. you have anything else you wanted to bring up on them? Uh, I don't think so. All right, Vikings. Vikings. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to talk about them, but 3-0 to zero is not a lot to talk about in that one. Historic win. That was a win for uh, sore eyes. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Hawkeye football. I watch mostly college (laughs) football during the football season. I have a lot of fun with it, and I've had a lot of fun talking about them every week. So I gotta. I can't, you know, just say just because they're pros they should be playing better. Because honestly, terrific defensive battle. They got big plays. Defense has stepped up. Yeah. I mean, we got to look at them uh, like a year ago. If we would have thought they would have had this much success on defense, whew, damn, you would have thought this team was uh, going to win a title, but they just don't quite have the offense that we were expecting this time of year. Well, we've got we've gotten injuries. Uh, no, I know. I, that, but 
because of all that, we're at a point where, you know, three points isn't a championship contending team. <laughs> However, with how the North looks or, or the, yeah, the, the NFC North looks right now, it's kind of up in the air with, you know, they could still compete for a title in the division. Yeah. So they still got the lions twice. So, and that's a big game for you guys. If you are somehow able to capitalize on both, that's two full games in two weeks. And we only got four weeks left in the season. If you guys capitalize on a couple games, I mean, you're putting yourself right there. You're not wrong. I'm not going to get my hopes up. but No, I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> it, have fun this week, though. You won a game. I didn't. Yeah. Went ugly. Yeah. All right. That is, uh, that's all I have on the NFL today. And if you don't have anything, I might kick it over to bowl season because we have every single game to go through. Yeah, I think I'm ready for that. All right, guys. This is going to be a fun one. Remember, we did this last year. We're going to kind of go through low detail on some of them because there's a whole lot of games that we got to go through, and we don't want to bore you with all the numbers. But if you really think about it, there's some fun things to talk about. And for some of you, you know, some people might be Ohio, Ohio or Georgia Southern fans out there. So we're going to give you the content. All right. Guys, this Saturday, we begin the magnificent time of year that is bowl season. It's when you can really start thinking Christmas is right around the corner. My favorite team's going to be playing within the next couple games. And we have a chance to take home a trophy to capitalize on a magnificent college football season. All right, Reese, I'm going to go through some of these lines and some of the games, and I'll just give a couple other details on them. And I'm, I'm going to see at quick glance, what do you think? Now, just because my lawyer told me to say this, this is not financial advice, everybody. This is uh, two dudes that just want to walk through every single football game and maybe have a little bit of, you know, pull, have a little bit more interest, have some skin in the game. All right, Reese. We have the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That's over in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. This is featuring Georgia Southern and Ohio. Georgia Southern opens up as four-point favorites, and the total points in that game is 48. Now, what do you think, just looking at those lines? I'm going to take Georgia Southern in the four points. I think that is... That could be an okay one, but I think you're, the easiest answer isn't even in the spread. The easiest answer is the under in the total points. Really? Yeah, that's right. For the first game of the year, it's going to be an under. Now, here's where my mind takes me. We got 10 o'clock a.m. That's too early. These kids are going to be hungover. They're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for God's sakes. But they are not. I mean, the, the defense will be hungover, too. Uh, no, it affects the offense mostly. Defense is always okay. ready to go. There are some fucking animals on the defensive side of the ball. Offense, they're going to be slow off the get-go. There's going to be some fumbles. There's going to be some turnovers. We're going to have a magnificent game for all the sickos out there. This game's going under 48 points. All right. All right, later on that day, we go over to the Caesars Superdome over in the New Orleans Bowl. 
we got Jackson State, who magnificently made a bowl game this year. They were one of the teams out there that was not going to be able to make a bowl game, but because there wasn't enough six-win teams, Jackson State and JMU were able to pull into a bowl game this year. So we'll be going through them later. Jackson State, University of Louisiana, Lafayette face each other. We got Jackson State as three-point favorites. We got 60 and a half points on the board for that game. You know, I think I like the Lafayette money line here. Really? You know what? Jacksonville State cover three points in that game. I like it. Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, they're scrubs, and they know it. Jacksonville State wants to celebrate this game because they didn't know that they were going to be able to have it. And this is one of their first seasons in the FBS. So why not finish it off with a good season, you know? A little trophy to capitalize on a historic season. I got them three points. All right, we'll move over to Orlando, Florida for the Cure Bowl. We got Miami, Ohio, who, give me one second, is the seventh team in the people's top ten. Remember that. They're in the people's top ten because of their uh, accomplishments at the spread. Now they face Appalachian State, those hillbillies from over in North Carolina. <laughs> Appalachian State is six-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. The over-under is 44-and-a-half. Reese, what are you thinking? Well, don't want to upset the people. So I'm going to have to take uh, Ohio with the points. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this right now, and uh, no offense to the people, but you're wrong. Appalachian State, the Hillbillies take this one by seven points. I don't, we might not agree on a game. No, that's not the thing. I'm not just fading you. I just truly think that Appalachian State's going to do something big this game. I mean... It'd be a pretty responsible move anyways. Y you think so? To fade me. No, no, no. I'm not trying <laughs> to say that. I'm just trying to say that I just think that the numbers are aligning where Appalachian State's the better team here. But hey, the people haven't been wrong that often, and the people know something, so... You might be onto something with the Miami Ohio cover. All right, we'll move on. We got uh, the New Mexico Bowl. I love this game so much, Reese. I love this game so much. Albuquerque, New Mexico holds New Mexico State four point favorites versus Fresno State. The over under in the game is 51 and a half. Just a disclaimer, uh, New Mexico State is currently nine, ninth in the people's top ten. Ooh. I'm going to take the over. Mmm, I like that. New Mexico State, this is the real Aggies. They're covering that game. The, the spread will probably even go down to three and a half by the time it kicks off. This is going on on Saturday this next weekend. They're covering the points. But the, the, I'm just saying that the point spread might go down from four right now. Fresno State has had a spectacular season. People are going to see their record, and they're going to just be saying this team might win. So Mex New Mexico State is going to cover whatever it is. They might win by two scores. They might win by double digits in this game. I'm not even going to lie to you. All right. I might ride with you in the over then. Yeah. I, I love the Aggies in this game. I love them so much. Set 
Saturday at 5 p.m., just know what I'm going to be doing already. It's watching my fa- one of my favorite teams, the Aggies, play. This Then we got a little bit of a game going on uh, later in the day. We're starting to see some pretty good matchups with some Power 5 schools early this weekend. So on Saturday, we're also going to be able to see the L.A. Bowl over at SoFi Stadium. We got UCLA. Minus three and a half versus Boise State. The over-under in that game is at 48 and a half. Well, I'm going to double down and go over again on this game. Mm. A lot of points. Um, yeah, nobody nobody likes to play defense in the bowl game. Whew. Reese, I uh, want to let you know one thing quick. The Bruins over at UCLA is number six in the people's top ten because of their success at the under. That's uh, hopefully going to change this week, then. All right, over. I feel you. I am just going to be safe and put UCLA minus three and a half. I-, I think this might be a game that they go out and play hard. Boise State has had a spectacular season. Um, I think they're on an interim head coach right now, so they have had a little bit bit of momentum. I think that runs out against a very, very solid defensive team in the Bruins. So I'm taking the Bruins on that to cover. In the Independence Bowl over in, I hope I mispronounced this, Shreveport, <laughs> Louisiana. That is not a real Nailed place. It. That is not a real place, Reese. Uh, California faces Texas Tech. Interesting matchup. Texas Tech is two and a half point favorites. The over under is 58. Where's your head at? I am taking Texas Tech minus two and a half. I am too. I am absolutely hey, taking go. those. I think California is a bunch of fucking frauds and hippies. Sorry, Californians, but you guys are frauds. Texas Tech takes it to them, shows them why everything's bigger in Texas. Am I right, Reese? Exactly right. All right, we are moving on to Monday of the following week. We're moving into uh, 12-18. We got t- Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion. Old Dominion is two-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. The over-under is 55-and-a-half. This is the famous toastery, Jerry Richardson. Wait, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, The famous toastery bowl. I've never heard of that before. Have you? No, and the teams are as gross as the name. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to go with Old Dominion because Vegas tells me to. All right, well, I'm taking... (laughs) Kentucky money line. Ooh, aren't they? That's the Hilltoppers, right? With Big Red. Yep. Oh yep. fuck yeah, I love Big Red. Favorite mascot out there. <laughs> uh, it's a shame I have to root for Old Dominion. So, but I do know that they're pretty solid. They face, I think, JMU <clears throat> in that conference over there. So they played some that good competition. Right. All right, we got the Frisco Bowl over in Frisco, Texas. University of Texas, San Antonio opens as 12.5-point favorites versus Marshall. 52.5 points on the board for that game. Um, I think I'm going to take UTSA. To cover? Yes, sir. Over. 
we're going over in this game. I don't know either team. I don't know if Marshall's that bad or if they're going to keep Me competitive. But uh, over 52 and a half. Let's go. Moving on towards Christmas. We're starting to get some better matchups. We got uh, Syracuse versus South Florida. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Uh, that one actually doesn't have the bowl game on, so I'm just going to pretend I don't know it, which honestly I don't think many of us are going to care that much about it with the fan base that I have on this podcast. But Syracuse, the Orange are three-point favorites in this game. We got 61 points on the board for it. That's just an exhibition, and I'm going to take the over. I am going to take the under. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not actually fading you. It's just Syracuse <laughs> has a really bad offense, dude. That's fine. Yeah, South Florida, they also stayed competitive with Alabama, who is in the playoffs right now. So I'm going to think we got a low-scoring 23-20 uh, ball game, which is way less than 61. I don't know how it's that high. I must be missing something. The next day, we got the Gasparilla Bowl, Central Florida versus Georgia Tech. Central Florida, UCF, by the way. Not a lot of people call them Central Florida, but UCF – is four-and-a-half-point favorites in that game with 65 points on the board for that. I'm going to take UCF minus four-and-a-half. I do like that. I think Georgia Tech is frauds. Uh, they are a very Former good – national champions. Yeah, yeah. UCF. We're talking about the undisputed champs right now, UCF. So, Put some respect on their name. That's right. I would roll with you. Four-and-a-half points for UCF. Next, we got the Camellia Bowl. That's over in Montgomery, Alabama. That is a real place. Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. It's about a pick 'em game right now. 53 and a half points on the board. Ooh. I'm going to take Northern Illinois. Money line. Mm. You know what? I might just join you because... I don't really know much about these guys. So Northern Illinois, that you know, it's there's something about it. The Camellia Bowl, it, it just it feels Illinois. It doesn't feel enough about Arkansas. So the vibes are right. All right, we got uh, the Birmingham Bowl, Duke Troy. Tro oh my God, Troy is eight and a half point favorites in that game against Duke. Forty five. Yeah, so I'm gonna. Go ahead. 45 points on the board. I am going to take Duke plus the points. Okay. I am too. I think a lot of it has to do with the staff movement to Texas A&M. But uh, Duke to lose to Troy by eight and a half points? Nah, Duke's going to cover. They might not win, but I think they should compete. So, Shout out Duke's dogs. Hey, that's right. That's right. All right, we got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. That's amazing. I love that already. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't miss this one for the world. I wouldn't either. It's on the 23rd. <clears throat> that is, I think, a, is that a Friday or a Saturday? Christmas is on. That's on. Christmas is on a Monday? So, so this is Saturday at 2.30. The Saturday before Christmas. There's no fucking way I'd be doing anything else right now. Uh <laughs> We got Georgia State as one-point underdogs versus Utah State. 62 points on the board for that game. Uh, give me Utah State money line. Oh, man. Okay, I wanted to 
I wanted to hang loose with you on this one. I, I'm a Georgia State guy this game. They had a they had a big win this year. I can't remember who, but their name pops out that they did something big, so I'm going to just stick with them. Georgia State for me. All right, same time, we got the Armed Forces Bowl over in Fort Worth, Texas. We got JMU versus Air Force. JMU is two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, 41 points on the board. Remember, they're facing an academy school. You know what? Give me GMU and the over. Yes. I actually was kind of thinking that. I was leaning towards the over, but I do feel like GMU can pull this one off. So Double dip there. I will double dip with you. We have the Ventures Bowl. South Alabama, Eastern Michigan. <laughs> South Alabama's 15 and a half point favorites in that game. And we got 47 points on the board. Gross game here. Give me Eastern Michigan money line, because why not? Yeah, they actually do cover pretty good, by the way, too. Yeah, so that's not a bad pickup. Here's a good one. We got the Quick Lanes Bowl over in Detroit. We got Bowling Green versus Minnesota. And for those of you that don't know, Minnesota lost to Bowling Green about two years ago in opening day. And this is their revenge game. They're currently four point favorites going into that game against Bowling Green. Only 38, 38. points. Yeah. yeah. That's gross. I'm going to take the over. Mm, okay. I'm going to just take Minnesota to cover because, you know, I, I feel like they're the better team, right? I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Moving down, we have the Guaranteed Rate Bowl over in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I hope Gunner watches this because we're talking about a team that was basically annihilating the number one spot in the people's top ten all year. I am, of course, talking about UNLV. And you know who they're facing, Reese? They're facing who was atop the people's top ten for much of last year, the Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas is 11.5-point favorites going into that game. 64.5 points on the board for that game versus UNLV. And I think there's going to be more. 65. Give me the over. Okay, I am taking the cover. I'm going for UNLV to cover, have a, a beautiful ending to what has been a great season. And with the cover right here, they're going to be hanging loose in the people's top 10 for the official poll at the end of the year. I'm running with the running Rebels. Love the move. All right, guys. Support our troops because we are going over to the Marine Corps Memorial Stadium and over in Annapolis, Maryland. We got the Military Bowl. We got Virginia Tech, seven and a half point favorites versus Tulane with 46 and a half points on the board for that game. Oh, uh, yeah. Give me the green wave to cover. Yes! Yes! Great pick. Great fucking pick. We're getting into the good colleges now. Now it's about to get real fun, Reese. And you're right. That's they're gonna win the game. I wouldn't bet on them to win the game, but they're gonna they're gonna keep this close and they're gonna finish out on top. Plus seven and a half for the green wave. All right, now we got North Carolina versus West Virginia. West Virginia is seven, uh, six and a half point favorites in that game. 56 points on the board for the game. 
This is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Beautiful matchup, by the way. Uh, I love this beautiful. game. And I would love to see an over. I'm going to take the over. Ah, who? The only thing I felt safe doing in this game was taking the under. And I'm not just trying to fade you. I'm just saying that they don't have Drake May. That's fine. All right. We're uh, battling in this game. 56. We are. Now we have the Holiday Bowl over in San, San Diego. We got Louisville versus USC. Louisville is eight-point favorites. I am guessing that Caleb Williams must have uh, opted out, which would be smart. 57.5 points on the board for that game. So, mm. Give me the under. Okay, yeah, now you're having a little bit of fun. I might just take <laughs> USC plus eight. I don't really know who their backup is, but USC seems like a team that will put together a, a decent team. So I know it won't matter, but I think eight points is a lot for a Pac-12 team this year. Give me USC yeah. to cover. It's just strictly off vibes. We got the Texas Bowl over in Houston. We got Texas A&M. Pretty much uh, the home team for this game versus Oklahoma State. Texas A&M is three-point favorites in the game, 53 points on the board. Over. Mm, <laughs> I think you're just picking overs now. I am going to – I do like overs. But... I, I hate this so much, but I'm probably going to take Texas A&M to cover. So – I don't hate that move. No, it stinks. Stinks a lot because I do kind of like the Cowboys, but uh, what we, what you know, what Texas did to them just recently, I feel like Texas A and M can do the same thing. So, yeah, no defense there. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good matchup. We got Rutgers Miami Florida in the Pinstrip Bowl. Little chilly, by the way. So it's 41 points for that game as a total. Pretty much a pick 'em game. Slight advantage to Miami, Florida. Give me a Rutgers money line. I'm Miami, Florida. So uh, I like those guys. <laughs> Definitely don't take the over in that game. That game is going to be gross. We got the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I've been waiting to talk about this because whoever wins this matchup is going to be they're going to eat a, uh, a Pop-Tart mascot. It's kind of, say, you know, it's a little satanic, but it's kind of funny. So NC State versus Kansas State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl over in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Three-point favorites for Kansas State in the game. We got 47 points on the board. And I will take K-State minus three. I like that, too. I like that a lot, too. I'm going to stick with you on it. Moving over to San Antonio, we got the Alamo Bowl. Arizona, three-point favorites versus Oklahoma Sooners. Remember, uh, the quarterback uh, – fuck, help me out again. I can't remember his name now. Uh, but the quarterback for Oklahoma is transferring over to Oregon, yep. so he won't be available. Arizona's three-point favorites <clears> – <throat> And I'm just going to say it and say it before you say anything. I'm rolling with Arizona Wildcats to cover the spread. I was going to take the same thing. I love it. Arizona is currently the number two team in the people's top 10 for covering of spread. So I think they're going to do their job again over in bowl season. 
Moving over to Jacksonville, Florida, we got the Gator Bowl. Clemson, five-point favorites over Kentucky. They still got stoops for another year. Who are you rolling with in this game? 46.5 points on the board. Taking Kentucky money line. I do not like hmm. Clemson's quarterback at all. Okay, I'll take them to cover. Take them to cover. You're a little bit more ambitious than me, Reese. <laughs> oh, we're getting some good games now. Now we're real close to the, the, you know, bear with us, guys. We're real close to the New York Six Bulls. We got Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> Notre Dame, seven-point favorites versus Oregon State. 43 points on the board. Reminder, Notre Dame's quarterback, the, you know, basically the beautiful man that's been all over Twitter. He is not going to play. And I don't know if it would have affected me much. I'm still going to take Oregon State plus the points. Me too. You could have gave me uh, three points. I still would have picked them with the points. So yep. This is going to be a fun one for everybody. All right? I might need to mark this down because some people are going to be real interested in this. This is a lock for me. Yep. So at 48 <laughs> minutes, we have, of course, the Liberty Bowl. Memphis, Tennessee, 2.30 kickoff, beautiful weather, supposedly. That's what the, uh, you know, that's what the meteorologists were telling me, at least at this time. Iowa State versus Memphis. We got Iowa State currently eight and a half point favorites, 57 and a half points on the board for this particular game. I think you know where I'm probably headed with this one. What? Uh, Memphis money line. Oh, shit. Really? Yep. Okay. Reminder, Memphis is number three in the people's top ten going into bowl season, but it's and not. Listen, that's the only reason I'm doing it. I don't want to do it. But... No, no, no. It's not because of their covering of the spread, though. It's because of their over, and that is why I'm going to do. This is my system play of the year. Listen, Memphis, Iowa State over 57 and a half. That's my system play of the year. Haven't done one, but I'm going to call my shot on that one. All right. Mm. That's the big one. Now we're getting into some other decent ones. We got the Cotton Bowl, AT&T Stadium. So uh, that one is in Arlington, Texas. We got Missouri, two-and-a-half-point favorites versus Ohio State, who is now on their next quarterback. Kyle McCord's gone. Transfer portal took him. 48 and a half points in that game. Who are you rolling with, Reese? I am going to take the over on this game. I am not too worried about McCord being gone. He's kind of soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their backup's going to be able to sling it well. And points. I am going to go in on Missouri. I think this – I did already play my system play card, so I can't play it on this game, but – there is not many more games I'm more confident in Missouri winning this football game. I would take them to cover, but I think that it is like better than putting it into a trust fund if you put Missouri money line on this game. So, all right, let's go down to the Peach Bowl. We got Mississippi versus Penn State. Penn State is four-point favorites in this game. Over is 48-and-a-half. Hmm. This is a good What do you one. think? I am going to hit the over. Really? Yeah, I think Ole Miss has a 
very great offense that will be able to do something against Penn State. And I think Drew Alar is uh, good enough to be able to kind of make a little bit of moves on him. Give me a little miss in the points. Actually, did Drew Alar hit the portal? I don't know, but I don't got a lot of faith in that guy. Fuck it, whatever. Over. I'm going to stick with my gun. Sometimes you just go straight on vibes, and that's what I'm doing today. So, All right, now we have the Music City Bowl over in Nashville, Tennessee. This is actually where I was kind of hoping Texas would go because I wanted to go to Nashville this year. I wanted any excuse to go there. We got Auburn, two-and-a-half-point favorites versus Maryland. Over-under is 50 points. This is tough because I like Maryland early this year, but Auburn looked good against Alabama a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm. Give me Auburn two and a half. Mm. I'm hitting the under. I did think about that. Yep, great under game. Great under game. All right, under 50 for me. We got the Orange Bowl next over in Miami Gardens, Florida. Georgia coming in as 14-point favorites versus Florida State. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is disrespectful. 44 Put Florida and State in. All right. Well. Uh, I'm going to take Florida State to cover. Me too. You know, It's personal for them. This is actually very personal for them. If Florida State was to win this game, they are going to honor themselves as national champions by beating Georgia. And I, th- I, I think I will too. Honestly, I will buy a shirt that says Florida State national champions if they win. I will. And part of that is because I know my favorite team got in because Florida State was out. So, <laughs> but, but, hey. Florida State National Champions. Wait, your favorite team's Alabama? No. No, Texas. (laughs) All right, let's move on. We have the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl. Wisconsin versus LSU. LSU is 10.5-point favorites. The over-under is 55. And ladies and gentlemen, the LSU Tigers are number one in the people's top ten right now. 11-1 11-1 and one at the over. The only team with only one loss on the year. Who are you going with, Reese? I've been hammering their overs all year, and I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm going to take them minus 10.5. Smart man, except maybe slow your roll on the whole 10.5 thing. 55.5 over. That is a great play. LSU does what Kentucky did last year versus Iowa in their bowl game. Kentucky went under. LSU is going to score about 50 themselves and give up 55 to a Wisconsin team that has no offense. If there's one thing LSU's good at, it's wheeling, dealing, and breaking coverages. That team is an over-magnet. All right. So we're, uh, we're, now we're moving on to a, a great bowl game, the Citrus Bowl, the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Number four in the people's top ten faces Tennessee. Tennessee is eight-point favorites. The over-under is 36-and-a-half, which is a number the Iowa Hawkeyes hadn't seen in Vegas in multiple weeks. I think there's only one good answer. Do you agree with me, Reese? Yep. System under. Iowa money line. 
Oh, okay. All right. That, that, <laughs> that too. Um, it'd be cool to see him cover. I mean, maybe I might eyeball a cover, but uh, I am sticking with the under for sure. Mm. I actually don't know how about this game. I, Tennessee slant can sling it. No, not against this Hawkeye defense. It's going to be oh, their secondary without Dejean's not that great. It's going to be a field position game, my friend. All right, I'm going to take the under. That's smart, man. <laughs> we need the Hawkeyes to stay in the people's top ten because they deserve it after how hard they've worked all year. Like, let's be honest, guys. We are at the last three games of the year. Right now, we have Liberty. 17 and a half point underdogs versus Oregon. That is just not nice. 65 and a half points on the board in this year's Fiesta Bowl. Where are you thinking? You know, I'm thinking you could probably buy another 10 points for Oregon, taking it 27 and a half, and have no problems covering this game. Yeah. It, I think this could be a beat down. It could be. I am a little nervous about the the large spread on a New York Six Bowl. I think Liberty has been pretty solid, but you are right. This could be a personal game for them after losing to Washington twice, who it's very well they could compete for a national championship this year. I mean, they could be in. They could beat my boys in Texas. So, I I think I'll go with it. Just because I think I'm going to unconfidently throw money on Oregon to cover and just be like, oh, yeah, I knew it when they don't cover. So, all right, guys, we have the two most important games of the year now, the two college football playoff semifinals. This is where we start talking. Michigan, Alabama in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Well, actually, they messed up. That's not the Sugar Bowl. That's uh, the Rose Bowl. My Bavada is on steroids. It's on drugs or something. So we got uh, the Rose Bowl, Alabama versus Michigan. Michigan's currently, it's almost a pick em game, but they're one and a half point favorites, 45 and a half points on the board. Reese, where's your head going? I like Bama. Money line. Ooh. What I'm going to do in this game is I'm going to pick the over. Bama has been statistically an amazing over team. In fact, they made the people's top 10 right before the championship week. And then they played Georgia, couldn't go over in that game because they're facing one of the best defenses in the country. They're going to get a statement game where they at least go over. I would love to see Texas, Alabama in it. So I am slightly going to consider riding the Alabama game with you, but I can 100% say that I'm going to pick the over. And the one you guys have all been waiting for, the best bowl game going on, and we have the mid, we have the night game over on the 1st of January. Texas is currently four-point favorites playing Washington. Over-under is 64 points. Holy fuck, that's a lot. Um, Reese, where's your head go to? Over. I love this over. Ooh, that is a pretty good over. I am going to go with... You know what? I did this in the basketball season. I don't know if it was with you or Anthony West Husing, but I I was almost going to fade Texas when they, when they ended up eventually covering and going to the Elite Eight. 
I am going to pick Texas to cover the spread. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. It's a bold move because I could end up being pissed off and Texas is in the national championship, but I'm going to do it because I believe in the boys. So Texas minus four for me. All right. Out of those two, who would you pick to win that game, Reese? Because we need one more final prediction for a national championship wager. Give me Texas. All right. Showing some love to Texas and Longhorn Nation. I appreciate it, Reese. I can't help it. The offense looked so good last weekend. Yeah, we put it on the Cowboys a little bit, so I appreciate that. So now we hypothetically have a Alabama versus Texas rematch. Where does your head go at with that hypothetical matchup, Reese? I think I like Alabama in that matchup. That is a, that is a tough one. That is the actual matchup that scares me more than just the Wolverines, simply because it has the revenge factor in it. Unfortunately, I somewhat agree with you, but at the same time, I got to go with my guts and say Texas. If that line was to occur, what would you potentially say that the point spread would be started at and who would be favored if that was to be the matchup? I don't know. I think Alabama would be around three and a half, maybe. Seems... I don't know. You got the head-to-head from earlier in the year, but I can see how they might think that Alabama has a little bit of the edge just because of the revenge factor. So, no, I I get excited thinking about that potential matchup, and I think that's exactly why the committee chose Alabama to be in it because they really think that the way they're playing, I mean, beating Georgia in one of the biggest games of the year, that that has to put them towards the top of the list for a team that might be competing when it comes to the last game of the year. So, all right, that is about all I will talk about for college football today. Do you got anything else to add on that, Reese? Uh, I think that's about it for me too. All right, we have some big news. This is a sports podcast, so we got to make sure we talk about it. Shohei Otani got the money. He got his bag and he is basically not going to have to pay the water bill for the rest of his life because he'll be swimming in money. Did you see the contract negotiations, Reese? Yeah, they're pretty, pretty ridiculous, but maybe deservingly so. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It's, it's nice to see players get, you know, get their bags at the same time. There's some interesting topics that came about with it because he pretty much all his money's getting paid to him later on. So next decade, essentially, do you think that's good for baseball? I think it's smart of him to try and build the best roster possible while he's playing. He has been with some of the best players for a while. I mean, AKA Mike Trout and they haven't had great success. So he might've learned from his past mistakes of, having too much money tied up in one person, whereas you can't get a better roster around him. So I think that definitely played a part in it. I would have to agree. I think that the Dodgers are going to keep spending too, even after that. So, Yeah. Do you uh, have any insight on who you think they might try to grab next this offseason? I've seen rumors maybe of your boy Josh Hader. 
<laughs> Washed up. Yeah. I don't know. His numbers last year weren't. I miss him a little bit. I won't lie. I do miss him. He was a good good guy to have around. Then I've seen them talking about going after that uh, pitcher from Japan, too. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. but Yeah, sticking over in Asia. Getting all the good Asian <laughs> candidates. You're not wrong. Yeah, but that that's that's quite incredible. There's there's a couple different ways you can kind of go about the whole topic, whether it's good for baseball, whether it's you know, th- there's some people out there that are way smarter than me that might be thinking, yeah, it's also an insane tax incentive for you know for both parties. I'm not that smart though. I I think that might be playing a part in it somewhere though. That's for the lawyers. Yeah, that's for somebody else to figure out. Yeah. But one other big topic, I can't believe we didn't talk about it earlier. LeBron James won the biggest award of his career. He <laughs> is the inaugural in-season champion for the tournament. The first in-season tournament champion, Reese. Is this, is this big enough where they should be hanging the banner? Because they did say they are. Uh, they are? I thought they said they wouldn't, or they nope. wouldn't. They I are. Was wa- I was watching ESPN today, and they said they're hanging the in-season tournament banner. I do not think they should be doing that. Is that a uh, participation trophy in your eyes, Reese? Kind of. I mean, it's kind of like, I think the whole idea of the tournament's cool, but I don't know if it's, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I, I did have a take right when it happened, and I will be honest, I was a little intoxicated when I sent the tweet on my <laughs> phone. But I put essentially that, uh, you know, LeBron James is racking up more useless trophies than the next person in any sport. <laughs> you got his bubble participation trophy for just, they had to finish the season at some point. So let's do it in the most weird environment as possible. And then he wins the in-season tournament. And it's a huge deal when, I mean, it, it basically made fans' dreams come true when he won it. So also helps the legacy. MJ doesn't have an in-season tournament championship. People are saying that. That's true. <laughs> it's, it, he, who's the real GOAT? Well, yeah. the person that has another trophy on his shelf. <laughs> yeah, but that needs to be said. I mean, good for LeBron. Good for LeBron building the legacy around a little bit. That's honestly all I have to say about that, though, because, I mean, he faced more, you know, teams with losing records to win that than anything else. Yeah, so. I mean, Halliburton was the star of the show all the way through so far. Yeah, I actually, it, it got me some good insight on the Pacers, though. They might be an interesting team this year. They score a lot of points. They're super fun to watch. I might actually tune in to some Pacer games this year. They are fun to watch. I'll give them that. Yeah. All right. Well, Reese, anything else you wanted to bring up while I, uh, while I had you on? I don't think I got anything else for you. All right. Well... Hey, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. For all of you that tuned in today and stayed till the end of the show, I appreciate you staying on. And happy holidays. It will be just a little bit before the next show, but uh, hey, it will be here soon before you know it.
If you have any teams playing during bowl season, I hope they win. If you have anybody that you, you place a wager on during the next couple weeks, I hope it hits. Happy holidays, everyone.